This episode of the Fresh Start Family Show is brought to you by our Quick Start Learning Bundle, how to build a compassionate, firm, and kind discipline toolkit that works with kids of all ages. Head to freshstartfamilyonline.com forward slash discipline to grab your Quick Start Bundle so you can get going today on building up a strong, compassionate, discipline toolkit in your home. Well, hey there, I'm Stella. Welcome to my mom and dad's podcast, The Fresh Start Family Show. We're so happy you're here. We're inspired by the ocean, Jesus, and rock and roll, and believe deeply in the true power of love and kindness. Together, we hope to inspire you to expand your heart, learn new tools, and strengthen your family. Enjoy the show. Well, hello there, listeners, and welcome to a new episode of the Fresh Start Family Show. I am excited to be here today with Lainey Lipsky, who is a parenting coach that's going to talk to us about how parenting is a learned skill. Welcome, Lainey. Hi. Thank you so much for having me. Yes. So good to be here. We're going to have a good conversation this morning. And Lainey, you guys, is going to talk to us about how parenting is the biggest wake-up call to heal and grow ourselves, as well as the importance of learning how to get and stay calm. I love this topic. So let me tell you just a little bit about Lainey, and then I'm going to pass the mic to you so you can tell listeners um, more about your journey to get to where you are today, Lainey. So Lainey is a parenting coach, a master teacher, and former elite athlete. I can't wait to hear more about that. She loves helping parents discover simple, actionable steps to get the most love, connection, and joy out of their parenting journeys. Her expertise is guiding parents with smart kids who are not easy or downright, even downright difficult. Oh, I love it. Well, Lainey, tell us a little bit more about your journey. How did you become a parenting coach? What makes you passionate about doing the work that you do and um, all that good stuff. Yeah. So thank you so much uh, again for having me here. I'm really excited to have this conversation. It's such a juicy, juicy topic. And um, I hope that this speaks to, you know, your listeners in a way that really just helps them and resonates with them. So my background in a nutshell is that I worked with Uh, a group of kids. I worked at a residential summer camp. This was way back in my teens. I worked at a residential summer camp, which means I lived with the kids and it was a camp for, and and I quote this, disturbed inner city kids. And this was Mm. in New York. So they were the difficult of the difficult kids with lots of trauma and lots of, um, you know, painful, um, inconsistent home lives. And I would have a group of these kids for a month at a time. They were taken away from their families to give the families a break, to give the kids a break. We would take them out of the city and bring them to this country setting in upstate New York. And it was really beautiful. And I was trained by special ed teachers, psychologists, um, all sorts of mental health experts on how to deal with these really troubled, really difficult kids. And so I like to say that I, they trained me how to be, you know, it's kind of training with weights on, you know, it's like you, you learn, you learn all of these skills and whatever for the hardest conditions. And what I realized afterward, after working there for several summers was that 
so much of what I learned there really did apply to quote unquote normal kids too, right? Yeah. So even though if you overtrain for, let's say you're, you're a swimmer and you train with three wetsuits or three bathing suits on, you know, it, it only makes you better when you swim with one bathing suit on, right? It makes you faster. Yes. Makes you safer. And so I really got my start there. I knew I wanted to work with kids from the beginning, but after a few years of working at that camp, I realized that as much as I loved those kids, as much as those kids loved me by the end of our month together, the issue wasn't about my relationship with them. The real issue was about their relationship with their own parents. And so I knew back then that I really needed to work on the other side of the equation and to, in order to help the most kids, I wanted to work with parents so that they could help their own kids and empower parents to do the types of stuff that I had been trained to do. And anyway, fast forward, I learned all of the skills that I had for handling conflict, for managing extreme tantrums, right? And managing like the extreme of whatever childhood thing happens, I was managing all of it. I had all of those outer skills, what I call the outer skills of helping kids manage themselves. But when I became a mom later on, I realized that I was getting triggered by my own kids in ways that I was not getting triggered by other people's kids, right? Because yes. we all isn't that. that so fascinating? Yeah. What the heck? We yeah. need a magic pill for that. <laughs> yeah, I got them. I got them. <laughs> yes, yes, yes. I do because we don't know what's coming. Our kids are full of our own blind spots. They start triggering things in us that we didn't even know we're going to get triggered or what those all what they mean all the time. We just know that we're upset, we're stressed, we're edgy, we're grumpy, and on top of it, we're exhausted and, you know, all of those things. So I realized that when I became a mom and my uh, firstborn was definitely not an easy baby, not an easy toddler, not, you know, not an easy kid going along, that yeah. um, I really needed a whole set of inner skills, how to manage myself while I was also managing him. So even though I felt like I had a leg up on working with kids when I became a mom, I needed more work on my own inner game. So fast forward again, a few years and both of my, and I have a daughter as well. They're both now teens. And I was just soaking up all the information I could. I was reading all the books that I could and some of them applied, but most of them didn't because um, my son in particular is very, very strong-willed. And um, I was just reaching back into my own training as an elite athlete and as a teacher and as a person who practiced yoga. I was reaching into every other area that I could find to help me that on the surface didn't seem like it was about parenting at all. And I developed a whole skill set around how to effectively and gently and positively parent my own kids that really ended up working. And that's what I brought to my classrooms when I started being a parent educator and what I ended up teaching to and continue to teach to my private clients as in my role now as a parenting coach. And I love, oh, you know, so I woke cool. up one morning and I just short story about becoming a parenting coach. I literally woke up one morning having never heard that term before and my daughter was just starting first grade and I, I woke up and I thought, well, okay, now I've chosen to stay home with them and, and really be the stay-at-home mom or the home-based mom, as I like to say, because who really stays at home when you're- I know. Home? Yes. What is that? Yeah. So I was like, well, I, I took on parenting as, you know, this like mission that I was on. I knew I wanted to do it differently than my own parents did. Um, and- 
I studied it and I knew it. I felt like I, you know, was prepared. And I thought to myself, what do I want to do? I'm so passionate about parenting. I had been an elite athlete. I had been a college coach of athletes. And I was like, so I, I love parenting and I love coaching. I want to be a parenting coach. I'd never heard the term before. And I literally said to myself after dropping off, I was like, is that a thing? Is parenting coach a thing? And I Googled it and I looked it up and I was like, oh, it's kind of a thing already. But I do take a different approach. Um, I do infuse all of my parenting classes, all of my parenting um, materials with a, an athletic mindset and nice. using all of the best practices from training, from endurance and performance um, endeavors into parenting. Because parenting, is, it is a skill. It's an endurance sport. It's a performance endeavor. Nice. I love that. Yes. I love how much we have in common, Lainey. So um, our firstborns, right? That same common experience of them being in air quotes, the difficult ones. So my little girl who's 13 now, so I'm kind of the opposite of you. I have the older girl who's 13 now and the younger son who's 10 now. And I think yours is an older boy, right? Who's 15, younger girl who's 13. But um, she had colic really bad when she was a baby. Well, first off, it started off with birth was horrible. It was like so traumatic. I'm, I now realize it's a miracle we're both alive. It was like torn placenta, emergency C-section. I was unconscious. Um, it was gnarly. And then she got colic and I was like, what is happening? And then she became, she was born this with this beautiful, strong spirit. You could, we always say you could feel it from when she was a baby. Like she was just this, like, she just had like this muscle tone about her and this like confidence. Um, she just had a, a voice you could tell. And then she became the toddler. And that's when I really like hit the you know, I, I got into that pit of darkness where, thank God, positive parenting entered and I was exposed to this work. So I love that we have that in common, just the strong-willed, beautiful firstborn. And then I love how you bring up um, the athleticism in your work, because I agree, you know, we are a family of athletes. We love to surf and snowboard and ski and jog and swim and body surf and all the things. My daughter plays uh, volleyball now competitively. And I was just at a tournament this last weekend and I was realizing how much in common we have when we step into learning and growing to be a firm, kind leader in our home it's so is the same as coaching. Like when you find a good coach of a sports team, or if you're training for whatever it may be, the Olympics or whatever, just to be an elite athlete, when you get a good coach, you are just able to, to step into like so much growth and it catapults you. And I love that. That's like kind of the same as parenting. Um, and I, yeah, yeah, it really, really is. Oh, so cool. Do you know why working with a coach is so, um, it it improves your performance exponentially? The the single most thing that a coach does for people? Tell us. Is they point out your blind spots. Yes. That is what the best coaches do is because if you could coach yourself to greatness, you would see the best performing people doing it on their own because who wants to spend money on a coach? Who wants to do that? You know, you would do it by yourself if you could. But the truth is you you can't. You can't become your best without somebody else lovingly kicking your butt, showing you your blind spots and holding up that mirror to say, hey, this is actually happening. This is a pattern. Let's try it a different way. 
mean, if you're, if you're happy with your results, I got nothing for you, you know, keep yeah. going, keep doing your thing. But if you want to make change, which is usually what drives people to get help, right? They want to do something differently. And they're so frustrated. I mean, you know, this from the work you do as well, Wendy, right? You're so frustrated doing the same thing again and again, expecting yeah. and hoping for different results. That's like the definition of insanity or one of the definitions of insanity. And yeah. you can't do it. You can't do it alone. That's like, it's the beauty of the whole idea of it takes a village, you know, to raise a child. I think it also takes a village to raise a parent, you know, yes. you support. You need two things it's, to become excellent at parenting. And I don't mean perfect. I just mean masterful, right? On any particular day. Yeah. You need skills and you need support. That's what you need. And so that's why coaching is such a, it's just such a helpful, it's a tool. It's not the answer to everything, but it is a help. It's, it's an essential tool. Yes. Cause yeah, we always say when you have a full toolkit, like the challenges are still going to come your way. You're never going to have the kid that never misbehaves or never makes a mistake. You're never going to have hundred percent perfection with not yelling or freaking out or reacting or whatever it is. But when you have a full toolkit and you're supported and you have self-acceptance and you have awareness, holy smokes, it just all becomes a lot more joyful. Um, yeah. It's like the, the, just a little bit more about the power of the coach again, like just coming off of this tournament that I got to see Stella um, play in. And again, this was the first actual tournament I ever got to see her play in because of COVID. So we're with a private club. So somehow they're able to keep playing, but just, there were so many observations that I made all weekend. First off, all these kids are playing in masks and they're not even complaining. They don't even, they don't even bulk at it. They played for like five, six hours straight, two days in a row and they just wear that mask. And it's like, I was also thinking of how it's training them to be even, it's like the swimming with four wet, um, suits on, right? Like imagine how much higher you're going to be able to jump. Like your lungs are getting trained when you have this mask on that almost like kind of limits your breathing a little bit and imagine how much stronger, but they're not complaining. And then what I noticed was how beautiful it was to see the adaptation that they have because, you know, they got this team of 12 girls or whatever and yeah, their mistakes get made. Right. And they have to look at the coach and the coach is going to point out the blind spot. The coach is going to keep them lifted towards like the vision of winning, of, of scoring, whatever it is, but they're do they were doing it all with mask on. And so the just I thought it was so beautiful again the adaptation and they're getting creative they're using hand signals like um they're just doing it right but the the importance of the coach and the watching her um be able to still support these girls with the limits of not being able to see her actual mouth um was just really cool so necessity is the mother of invention right oh, so I like that so wearing the masks, like, okay, we don't have our mouths. We don't have our facial expression, full facial expressions to communicate. What are we going to invent to work around that? You know, we're going to use the, whatever, the way that we blink our eyes, we're going to use hand signals. Yeah. We're going to, you know, volleyball players, sand volleyball, beach volleyball players, when there's a twosome, they have the hand signals behind their back that they're showing each other, right. you know, like you adapt, yeah. you have to adapt, you have to constantly keep adapting. And that's for me, what keeps parenting so exciting is that they're always changing. And just as you feel like you've kind of mastered, you're like, you, you got a phase, you know, like I got this, I know how to do toddlers, whatever they're onto the next, you know, elementary yeah. school phase. And you're like, Oh, okay. I'm a beginner again. You know? So you're constantly yeah. going through this learning cycle, which is predictable to a large degree. 
um, not necessarily by their age, but certainly by their developmental stage or by what they are experiencing in their own little life. And um, the more that you are prepared for that, the more you can meet it with your best self, right? My kids are runners cross country in the fall and track in the spring. And I love cross, I've come to love cross country because for so many reasons, but the reason that I'm relating to you right now is that the idea of being prepared for something as much as you can be, the first thing they do when they arrive at any course, they arrive hours early and they, as a team with the coach is they walk the course, they look at it. And they say, this is, this hill is going to be this. And the coach is like, this is what your strategy is going to be on this part of the course. And they are prepared for what's coming. Every single detail, no, because you don't know if the person next to you is going to throw you an elbow or you don't know if there's going to, you know, how you're going to feel at that moment. But there's an overall strategy of looking at what's coming my way. How can it not just take me by surprise? And that's what I see, um, so, you know, so I can run my best race, whatever the best means in that day, in that moment. It's not about perfection and it's not about the other people. It's about yourself. And I just see so many correlations between that and parenting and how many parents show up to parenting totally overwhelmed from the beginning, from the get-go. So they always feel behind the eight ball, especially if you have a difficult kid or you had a traumatic labor. It sends yeah. you back. And then you always feel like you're trying to play catch up and you're just always reacting to the situation rather than being able to meet it with your, your best self. And there are ways to get out of those holes and, you know, um, be able to get yourself to a level where you can meet things in a better place. But it's just, it's, there's so many analogies that, it, you know, I could go on. <laughs> yeah. Yep. And that, that joy, I think as, as you step into more and more learning and you realize that parenting is always going to have these new stages. And I know there's, there's oftentimes a, a very negative connotation about that, right? Like people will be like, oh my gosh, like I thought I had it figured out. And then all of a sudden we're into new, something new. Like, it's almost like this idea that I thought we were good. Like we got out of the toddler phase and then here we are like, great. Um, but when you have, um, a viewpoint or when you learn to have a joy for learning and adaptation, you realize, oh, this is just another opportunity to pivot or, um, you know, edit my game or learn a new skill set. And it just became, it becomes a way of life, you know, instead of like fearing the next stage, like so many people fear the teenage years. Yeah. Um, you don't need to, you just have to, like, you will be challenged, you will have to develop new life skills, or you will um, be presented with the opportunity to present the life skills, especially on the parenting front when it comes to utilizing tools or all that good stuff. Um, and if you can do that ahead of the game, it's awesome. Like if you can walk the course before your kids are teens and really understand and learn different ways to influence them then the the classic fear force, you're grounded, your iPhone's being taken away, um, then you're going to have a better, you're going to have a better race. <laughs> yeah, you're at least going to be better prepared. Let's chat for a hot sec, openly and honestly, about what your discipline toolkit looks like in your home right now. If you're anything like most parents, you're relying on the hand-me-down set you inherited. Timeouts, spankings, threatening of spankings, taking iPads away, three, two, one countdowns, groundings, 
taking away toys, e-bikes, iPhones, any or all of those kind of tactics that create a total relationship strain and don't even work long-term to end your child's misbehavior for good. Meaning, you might spank your child or send them to timeout today for being, air quotes, mean to their sister or disrespecting you, but then three days from now, they're repeating the same misbehavior, which causes you to flip your lid because you know they know better. I want to help you learn a new way so you could end the vicious cycle that's keeping you stuck as a parent and causing you to feel super frustrated that nothing is working to get your strong-willed, stubborn child to behave better. My team and I have recently completely refreshed our Compassionate Discipline Quick Start Learning Bundle to help you learn a new way to teach your kids important life lessons, a new way to help your children learn from their mistakes and take responsibility for their actions. You can just DM me the word shift over on Instagram. I'm at Fresh Start Wendy, and I'll personally send you a message with a link to download this free bundle. I'm going to help you shift out of a punishment mindset and into a compassionate discipline one where you fully trust that connection-based, firm and kind discipline tools are all you need to be a strong leader in your home who holds your kids responsible when they misbehave, but does it in a way where they are learning the vital life skills they are missing when they mess up. So again, just DM me the word shift over on Instagram. I'm at Fresh Start Wendy, or you can head to freshstartfamilyonline.com forward slash discipline to grab your free bundle now. I am so excited for you to shift out of feeling guilty and shameful when you lay your head on your pillow at night and shift into feeling confident and proud of the way you handled yourself as a parent, even when you were wildly triggered and upset about the mistake your child made. Okay, I'm excited for you to dive into this free resource. I'll see you in my DMs and inside the free discipline bundle. All right. So good stuff, Lainey. So let's talk about um, how parenting is this wake-up call for us to heal and grow ourselves, which is so true for me. That's It really was my biggest life wake-up call and a beautiful wake-up call. So tell us more about that. Yeah, I think this goes back to um, what we were talking about a minute ago about your own kids triggering you in ways that you couldn't see coming. Like those are your blind spots, right? And so for me, I just, um, what I see with with the people I talk to and the clients I work with and in in my own life for sure, is that how I react to something getting triggered, how people react to something getting triggered uh, is really about my mindset. It's really about, you know, is this going to be, Oh gosh, you know, here we go again. This is so terrible. This is a, a nightmare. I mean, the words that that we hear people parent that we hear parents use so frequently is is in this like despairing, oh, if we just get through this, if I can just survive this, you know, is everybody breathing like very low bar kind of language? Yeah. Um, if we can flip that and in our in our minds and, and have a more positive mindset about it, where we're feeling enabled and empowered to take on a challenge, we can see it as a wake-up call. This is like, oh, there's something here for me. There's an opportunity here for me to learn something, not just about my child, but about myself, that is going to impact how I interact with my child and will impact, therefore, how my child feels about me, how my child feels about their own childhood, and how my child eventually, if they have their own kids, 
treats their own child, right? And it's what I call it a wake-up call because it's really an opportunity to be more aware to something that might have been subconscious for you. I was just talking to a client the other day who was saying her son was going through something difficult and I'm not, I won't go into the details, but you know, she was going through something difficult and she said, I'm just having this really big reaction to what he's going through. And I don't know why. And that's, that's a point. That's when the wake up call is coming. That's the phone ringing. And, and the answer is, well, the response is I'm either going to hit snooze on it or I'm going to answer that phone call. Do you know what I mean? Yes. So it's like, do you want to dive in and do you want to figure this out and what's going on for you? And it doesn't have to be years and years of therapy. It doesn't have to be excruciating, but it is going to be looking at yourself, however long that takes to understand where your reaction is coming from. Because otherwise what we're doing is we are handing over our, if we have baggage, we all have baggage. If we don't look at ourselves and unpack our own baggage and you can think about an actual suitcase here, right? We've got like yeah. this baggage filled with issues. If we don't unpack it and understand what's going on, we are literally taking it by the handle and handing it over to our kids unconsciously. And I don't know anybody who wants to do that. I don't know yeah. I mean, a lot of people who don't want to do the work to unpack it. And I know I'm full yeah. of like <laughs> metaphors and analogies here, but love I them. think of things this way. It's a visual, like Do you want to hand over your perfectionism? Do you want to hand over your your rage? Do you want to hand over your insecurity, your anxiety, your maybe leaning toward depression? Do you want to literally hand those things over to your kid, right? Or do you want to take a moment, answer that call, look at what's going on, lean in, understand what your child is triggering in you, and then allow them to have their own childhood rather than you projecting your unresolved stuff onto them. And so many people aren't even aware of that. They're not aware that um, how they feel about their own childhoods affects their child's childhood. And for anybody who wants to, I mean, I love the name of your company, Wendy, Fresh Start Family. I love that so much because so many people want that fresh start. So many people don't want to parent the way that they were parented. They are trying to stop dysfunctional patterns to greater and lesser degrees, big trauma, big T trauma, little T trauma, you know, all of it. And in order to do that, you have to, you have to be willing to answer that wake up call. And it's, it's not a fun call, you know, it's when there's something, and I would say this, you'll know when you're getting a wake up call in parenting, when you are feeling like your reaction to something that your child is doing is bigger than what's actually happening in the moment. And if your child's old enough, they will tell you, they'll say, why are you reacting in such a big way to, you know, me spilling the milk to me being, you know, late for this or to me being rolling my eyes at you, right? When they're teens or tweens, which we know happens, right? Why are you having such a big reaction to this? When it's really the behavior is is smaller than the reaction is is uh, warranting. Does that make sense? Oh, it's so good. So much of what I mean, I could just 
gosh, riff off so many things. But yeah, this at the week at the time of recording this podcast episode, I'm in the middle of like um, uh, a free five day challenge I do um, twice a year. And so many new families come to, to know this work. And it's so beautiful to watch because we have a private group and they, they share success stories every day. And it's so beautiful to watch them build this awareness where they're like, whoa, I didn't realize until I slowed down. I created that space between the stimulus and the response that there's something going on here inside of my mind, inside of my heart. And when I slowed down, everyone's everyone settled, like souls settled, my child settled. And then I actually asked like, hey, what's going on? Or, you know, different questions. And they told me. And then we were able to like have a reconciliation and the rest of the night was beautiful. It's funny that you said, you know, I have the magic pill earlier because I always say like, we don't sell magic pills here at Fresh Start Family. You're going to have to do some work. But then clients always tell me, no, no, you do. Yeah. <laughs> and last night I actually had someone share in the, the group. I shared it on social. They they were like, they shared this big success story about how the night has been, you know, nighttime has been a, a like drama for the past few months. And then last night they did what we, t- we learned the first few days of the challenge. Um, and they were like, everyone went to bed. No one was crying. I was like high-fiving my husband. Everyone was peaceful. Like what the hell just happened? And her words were like, where, what is this magic lamp you just introduced us to? And I'm like, yeah, that's connection. That's self-awareness. That's like yeah. starting the journey of realizing you don't have to stay stuck. You don't, and it is that that beautiful wake up call. Um, I've always said that, like you know, our kids, especially the ones that challenge us the most, can be our biggest catalyst for change if we allow them to be. And so they're like these little angels. I always feel like Stella is an angel, not just to me, but to our family, to our community, to the world, um, because she did. She really gave me that strong wake up call when she was a toddler and. I could feel it. I was like, this is not right. Like I was had her in timeouts 50 times a day. We have just so many stories from that time, whether it's like me punishing her by take throwing away her favorite toys, or I took her to the cop station once when she bit her brother. Like <laughs> I have so many stories where at night I was like, babe, um, I feel like things are getting a little out of control. And I just don't feel like this is right. And of course, thank God, positive parenting entered and everything changed, but I love it all. There's a, there's a book called, um, the little soul and the sun. Have you ever read that book lady? I don't know that one. Tell me. Oh, it's so good. Yeah. It's about, um, you know, it's like one of those adult books, but it's a kid's book. And it's, um, it's about how like, we don't have, like, we can't develop patience and compassion and forgiveness or anything cool like that if we don't have someone who presents us with the opportunity to do so. Mm-hmm. So it's like, you know, when our kids are difficult or it's it triggering us, it's such an invitation to build a life skill or heal from something. And and yeah, if you can find joy in that process of saying, Oh, look at this. There's something here. Let's figure out what it is because those, like you said, you know, I love the analogy of the suitcase. I call it breaking painful generational cycles, but I might have to start using that suitcase analogy because it's a lot more, it's a lot more inviting. It's a lot more mellow. And I, I feel like when I say to people, I help families break painful generational cycles, sometimes they'll, they'll think, well, 
I don't know if I need to break painful generational cycles. And I'm like, oh yeah, you do. We all do. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. And even if you need a little tweak or you need a massive overhaul, you know, it's, it's a cycle and it's a pattern because back to this idea that parenting is a skill, we did learn how to parent. We learned how to parent by how we were parented. And, you know, what I say is that if you're cool with what's coming out of your mouth and what you're doing when your emotional back is against the wall, because your emotional back is against the wall, probably every day, more or less with, certainly if you have a difficult kid, it's going to be every day and you're yeah. in stress mode. What If you're cool with what comes out of your mouth and what you're doing, then um, great, then great. Then base, but, but what is ev- whatever's coming out of your mouth is ho- how you were parented. Cause that's your default. That's your stress mode. And if you're not okay with it, then there's no shame in having to relearn it, right? But people yeah. think, they, they mistakenly think that, and I don't want to go off track because I have something else that I wanted to, to say about this, but I just want to add in that people mistakenly think that they're either naturally good or naturally bad parents. And that's not the way it works, which is why I always come back to their habits and their skills. And you can absolutely work on how you are reacting, you can choose to make a choice to respond, you can learn how to respond, instead of just react. And you talked about the stimulus um, and response moment there that pause, which is essential, right? Like I yeah. teach that as well. Um, but I wanted to say that, uh, you know, I, I think it's such a high bar to say, well, if you can find joy when your child is, you know, sending you through the roof, right? Like, right. keeping it real. It's, really not fun when you're being triggered. It's really not fun. It doesn't feel good when your child is pushing you to that place where you're like, what am I going to do now? Right. Which is why back to how I think about and teach parenting as a skill and as a sport, I approach it in the same way I would teach a sport is when you have some skills that you're building on the side before you enter the heat of the moment or game time, as I call it, then you know what to do in that moment. Cause it's such a big ask to say, well, when your child is throwing that, you know, fourth tantrum of the day, which by the way, if they're throwing four tantrums in a day, there's other stuff going on there, which can be fixed. They need to come see us. <laughs> there's, there's, that's helpful because it's a pattern. Like that's yes, a helpful yes. flag to what we need to change or fix or work on or whatever. When you're in the moment, when your child is having a, a tough time and, and triggering you, that's not the time to be practicing, right? The time to be practicing is when you're away from them. It doesn't have to be heavy. It doesn't have to be long or even that deep, but just having some reps, professional athletes, elite athletes, they spend time visualizing how they want things to go, or at least how they want to comport themselves or behave in, before they go into their game time, Right. Meditation yeah. has become, uh, you know, so mainstream at this point. It, you know, it's not it's kind of, by most people. I don't think it's considered weird anymore. If if LeBron James is busy meditating on the sideline, yep. you know, uh, it's pretty mainstream, in my opinion. Um, but if you watch like an Olympic skier, you know, before they go down their run, they're they have their eyes closed. They're like their head is going back and forth like this. And what they're doing is they're visualizing themselves going through the course because they've done that course repeatedly and they're seeing themselves do it in a way that they're going to feel proud. Maybe it's perfectly, maybe it's not perfectly. I don't know exactly how they're training, but the more that we can see these opportunities as um, these meltdown moments, these heat of the game moments as time to put into 
into play what we've been practicing, we're going to have better outcomes for our kids. What I see happening so often with parents, why they're so frustrated is because, you know, take losing their patience or, or yelling at their kids for a moment, right? As an example, they know, they know in their heads, I don't want to yell. I don't want to yell. And they end up yelling at their kids because, and then they feel terrible afterward, right? And they're like, I knew I wasn't supposed to yell, but then I yelled and then they beat themselves up and they go to sleep at night feeling like they're failing at parenting. And what is possible for people to do is to actually spend some time learning the skills of managing your internal landscape, getting calm, learning how to get calm, practicing it away from that game time so that you are better prepared when you encounter your child in the heat of the moment. Yes, that's why I, I love it. it still. Yep. And, and yes, that's what I mean about the joy. So finding joy. Yeah. It's not going to be when they're like saying no for the 50th time or fight, you know, whatever it is, what I see with my, my community though, especially with my, my membership community with parents from all over the world now is there, they, we all do develop this beautiful joy in the discovery process and then in the coaching process, right? So like the analogy to sports is like, if you can develop a joy of actually going and practicing whatever it is, five hours a week. Um, and, you know, you love the stretching that you do. You love the visualization. You love it when your coach, you, you develop a joy when your coach says like, hey, this is how you can increase your time by whatever minutes. Like you love the community that you have when you go to your practice. Like, and then you have this discovery process of like, oh, that's why, like I keep getting behind. It's because when I step forward or when I, I was a diver, so I can always think of a ton of uh, springboard diving um, things, but that's where the joy is, right? Like the joy is in the discovery process and having those aha moments where you're like, oh my gosh, I'm so grateful that I now realize why I'm yelling, why I'm freaking out or how I'm contributing to the dance, right? Like the, the power struggle dance, whatever it may be, like, oh my goodness. And, and for me and, and my clients, that, that, does become, that does become joyful because that then turns into success stories, right? Where people come into our community and they're like, holy smokes, this just happened at bedtime last night. Kids started to freak out. I was actually able to apply what I've learned. I processed the emotions. I slowed down, took a calming break and it worked. And then this morning I woke up to a love note that my six-year-old wrote me. This just happened in our, in our group this week that my child, the love note said something like, Oh my gosh. It makes me cry. Just thinking about it. Mom, you are the greatest gift in the world to me. Mm. Yeah. Like you don't get those type of notes. If you're just like running your parenting game on like, you know, hand-me-down parenting tactics. Maybe you do. I mean, there are some people who would, would bring that in, but it's, it's just so cool. Right. So Families, I have a question for you. Would you love to be able to set really strong boundaries and rules with your children and then follow through with consistency and firm kindness? If yes, listen up. I have a program called the Firm and Kind Parenting Blueprint that I'd love for you to go check out. You can learn more over at freshstartfamilyonline.com forward slash firm and 
kind. Inside of this quick, easy to finish program, I'll teach you four steps to really setting those strong roles, but then following through in a way where you're using connection and firm kindness. And what I'll teach you will actually cause your children to want to cooperate with you because they truly respect you and value the rule and the boundary and understand how it serves them, not just something that they have to do or else. And it's just an incredible feeling when you go to bed at night knowing that you followed through on the rules and the strong boundaries in your home without relying on hand-me-down parenting tactics like fear, force, threats, yelling, harsh punishments that really create usually fear in your household, right? We want our children to listen to us because they respect us and because they understand why being part of the team, cooperating well, respecting rules, all those things, why that feels good as a human being. We want to do those things um, in ways that cause our children to want to respect us, not just because they're scared of us or a consequence. And that's exactly what I'm going to teach you inside this program. So again, head on over to freshstartfamilyonline.com forward slash firm and kind to learn more. But in under an hour, this program will teach you some really effective strategies on how to create agreements with your kids instead of compliance statements, which is where a lot of parents go wrong and why their children don't end up respecting the rules or the agreements that they've made. And then I'm going to teach you how to use empathy. I'll teach you how to engage your kids' critical thinking skills when you tell them to do something and they say no. And then I'm also going to encourage you to understand how to empower your children. When children feel empowered, especially strong-willed kids, they will cooperate a whole heck of a lot easier, okay? So I want you to go learn about this program and let me know if you have any questions, freshstartfamilyonline.com forward slash firm and kind. Yes. Just the other thing to keep in mind, I think, is that, you know, these invitations for us to grow from our kids, I use a lot of visualization in the work that I do. Keep them coming. I love um, it. <laughs> that uh, the invitations are rarely wrapped in like, beautiful paper with a nice ribbon wrapped around it. Like the invitations that we get to step into our parenting and to lean into that difficult learning moment, because learning doesn't always feel good in the moment. You're happy afterward that you learned it, right? But that invitation is usually wrapped in screaming, wrapped in you know, yelling wrapped in, in the, you know, some, some kids hit, some kids bite, some kids spit. And what I, or, or you're the worst mom, like that's the ribbon that goes on top of it, you know? (laughs) Yes. That's (laughs) a pretty pretty, package. (laughs) My point is it's not a pretty invitation, but if you can flip it and learn how to healthfully detach from, you know, so you don't take it personally, learn what is triggering, what might be true in there, what you fear is true. And instead say, well, this is my son or my daughter, my child, whatever, um, giving me an invitation to grow. And just because it came all muddied up and, you know, wrapped with a, a kick doesn't mean that it's any less important. So, oh, you know, so rather good. than rather than give it back, which is what a lot of people do, that's hand-me-down parenting. I like that. I haven't heard that before. Hand-me-down parenting is go to your room and you figure out you you do go do your crazy in your room and you know I'm going to lock you away rather than do that 
there is a way to accept that invitation to establish connection and then work on how to seal that healthy bond with your child, even though they are giving you this massively ugly, effed up invitation for attention. Because that's what it is. It's always an invitation for connection. And I think we lose that when we ourselves are lost in our own flood of um, shame and fear and guilt and, you know, the adrenaline is going and we lose that image. So if, if this helps anybody who's listening or watching this to picture that your child, when they are acting out in a way that is really difficult for you, that they're actually trying to hand you an invitation, are you going to accept that invitation or are you just going to hand it back to them? Cause what they're really, really looking for is connection. Yes. And yeah, just today, um, again, at the time of this recording, we're in this challenge with all these new families. It's a free, free thing I do twice a year. But today I'm teaching about revenge misbehavior, right? Which is so much what you're talking about is like, they're, at, they're literally begging for us to teach them. Like, how do I process the feeling of hurt without hurting back? Because mom and dad, society, and you, a lot of times us, you've trained me to like... When when someone hurts me, you smack, you know, you hurt back. Like if someone calls you a name, you call them a name back. If someone, you know, don't let somebody step on your toe, you know? So um, I love, I love that whole, just don't, it's, it's an invitation. You can teach a life skill. You can help them process those emotions. And, um, and then it becomes about connection versus correction. This also reminds me, Lainey, when you're talking about that is, is not always in a, in a pretty package is some of my best healing moments in the life coaching work that I do. Cause I'm, you know, life coach in addition to being a parenting educator, but in my own journey, the way I became a life coach, the way the program I went through does it, we train, we go through training for three years and it's, it's not how to teach. It's not how to life coach people. You go through all your own stuff for three years. <laughs> so it was just like, let's, it was so many classes, so many weekends. I actually miss, miss that time right now. Cause it was so beautiful. I developed this joy of like, I couldn't wait to go step into a training. Cause I knew I was going to shed some stuff, but some of the biggest moments where I was actually able to heal from things that I did, hadn't even realized I was carrying along was when I would have like an ugly cry mm-hmm. and it would be like, so embarrassing because you'd be trying to hold it back. And, and I've seen, I've, I remember an instant when a man did this too. And I remember feeling so connected to him and like, that's a badass man. That's a freaking man right there. When he did this and you could tell it, it created the same result as it created in me. But like, you like, I was, I remember like exploding with this, these tears and like, (laughs) and it was so ugly. And afterwards it was gone. Like, I don't even remember what it was at that time, but it was gone. I was healed. So like, there's so much healing that comes through feeling in my work and I'm sure in yours too. And it's like, sometimes that is awkward. It's, it can be embarrassing, feel embarrassing, even though it's not once you're, once you're, you know, you work with enough clients or you work with a coach enough, you realize like, this is part of the game. Like, this is what happens. Like when you are healing from something or when you're shedding a limiting belief or whatever it is, like sometimes it comes out in this like really funny looking way with kids kicking, hitting, biting. I hate you. Um, But it's all beautiful. It is all beautiful. And when, and I think if we can embrace that, that's what life is. That's the wholeness of life. It's not just always about being happy. It's sadness. It's, it's madness. It's hurt. It's scared. Like all of it is beautiful. Just culture has trained us to see that like 
you know, it's ugly. So. Yeah. I think that culture, whether we, we were taught the lesson or we caught the lesson somehow, right. Some things are directly Mm. taught to us and some things we passively catch in a culture. It's that there's even an idea that there are good and bad emotions, right? This is a good feeling. This is a bad feeling. And um, what I see again and again is that people, my clients are, um, and parents who I talk to are really not skilled at handling what they call the bad emotions, right? And so they tend to run away from them. And one of the main practices that I teach, I have a a six-month um a six month coaching program that I do with families. It's parenting transformation program. And one of the big things that we skills that we work on is learning how to lean in to the difficult emotions. And that's important for a couple of reasons. One is when you think you're shutting down just the bad emotions or what you call the bad emotions, when, when you think you're just shutting that down and, and it allows you to feel the other side of the emotions still, it doesn't. That's not how the emotional body works. When you start shutting down, so you have like a bandwidth of emotions. When you start shutting down one side of your emotions, the bad emotions or the painful emotions, you start shutting down your joyful emotions as well. If you're not letting yourself feel everything, then you're not letting yourself feel everything. You don't get to cherry pick which ones you're feeling and which ones you're not feeling. So you're actually cutting off joy when you are trying to cut off your painful emotions. And the other thing is that we don't teach our kids when we don't know how to lean into difficult or painful emotions. We're not teaching our kids how to deal with them either. And it just, because most of us weren't trained don't know how to deal with our own emotions. We don't know how to give that to our kids, right? So we're just like, uh, distract them, uh, give them a snack, uh, make sure that, you know, make them happy. That's the biggest thing that parents want, right? Is I want my kids to be happy. Yeah, well, make them stop that, tantruming. <laughs> yeah, but what if that wasn't the goal? What if the goal wasn't to be happy, but the goal was to be resilient and to have all of your feelings, to be as joyful as possible, but also to be able to handle those difficult emotions, right? One of my yeah. favorite stories for for this is um is about buffalo how buffalo behave out on the plains in nature yeah so buffalo do we have time for this can i tell you this little yeah we'll wrap it up after this i can't wait to hear okay this well i don't have to tell it if you don't want me to like no i want you to do it okay (laughs) so buffalo out on the plains um when there's a storm coming, if you imagine there's a herd of buffalo and there's a storm coming in the distance and it's starting yep. to come toward them, right? Buffalo by nature turn toward the storm and they run into the storm, which is actually the most adaptive thing for them to do because eventually, quickly, the storm is going to pass over them. If they keep running toward the storm and the storm keeps passing over them, it's the fastest way through the storm. Can you see that? Wow. What most of us do is when we feel that storm of emotion coming is we start running away from the storm. And so what happens is the storm is actually chasing us and it's the way to prolong that storm. So if we think about difficult or painful, I don't like to say bad or negative, difficult or painful feelings, and we're trying to run away from it, we're actually prolonging it. If we were to turn and be a buffalo and face it and, and deal with it, it will actually pass a lot faster, just like the storm passes over that herd of buffalo. Oh, that's so beautiful. Gosh, great analogy. (laughs) 
<laughs> I have, yes. I like to tell stories and, and, and help people think about it in other ways. So be, I just yeah. like to be a Buffalo at something that I, you know, really try to teach in the work that I do. And, um, you know, along with the other stuff. And I, uh, you know, in the, I, I have a book coming out soon and I talk about nice. that Buffalo concept in the book as well. And so um, it's about how to stop yelling and um, yeah, it's just, it's so helpful. That was so helpful for me when I heard it that I just wanted to really share it with other people. Oh gosh, I can't wait for that book to come out, Lini. Um, well, let's that's a perfect segue to wrap this up. Oh my goodness, what a wonderful conversation. Tell listeners where they can find you. We're gonna make sure we put everything on the show notes page for this episode for easy clicking. Um, but tell listeners if they want to learn more and um just follow along with um your beautiful sources of wisdom and encouragement, where can they find you? And when is your book coming out? <laughs> Yeah. Um, well, the book is going to come out. It's it's in the final round of editing. Uh, nice. So I'm really excited about that. So I think in the next few months, it should come out. I don't have a release date yet, um, yeah. but it should be coming out soon. And it will be about actually training people how to stop yelling. So it's a training guide for parents. So maybe we can have another conversation about that when the time comes. We'll see. Yes. I would love that. Um, and in the meantime, um, I have a lot of free support on my website, and that's just lanielipsky.com. I am on Facebook. I have a, uh, a free coaching group that I run called Parenting with Laney Lipsky, and I'm on Instagram, and um, I have uh, also my latest, we didn't really get to talk about the calm factor so much, but yeah. you have a five-minute calm kit which is filled with routines for parents to train in how to get calm, get away from that heat of the moment game time and beginner intermediate and advanced levels of getting their calm on how to get calm and stay calm all day. And that's at the five minute calm kit.com. I love it. Oh, that's a perfect <laughs> takeaway for, for families. Well, thank you, lady. Thank you for being here. Thank you for taking time out of your busy day to chat with us. What a wonderful conversation. I know listeners are going to be so blessed and um, thank you for doing your work. Oh, thank you for doing your work, Wendy. It's awesome. And I'm so happy to be here. Thanks again. I hope we get to do it again. For more information, go to freshstartfamilyonline.com. Thanks for listening, families. Have a great day. All right, listeners, that's a wrap. I hope you enjoyed this episode as much as I enjoyed recording it for you. As we wrap up here, don't forget to DM me the word shift or head to freshstartfamilyonline.com forward slash discipline to grab your free discipline quick start learning bundle. You'll get immediate access to download our extensive learning guide where I'll share five ways you can ditch the old school hand-me-down punishment mindset beliefs and thoughts that are causing you to react like a volcano volcano instead of respond like the firm, kind, respectful teacher you are at your core. And then you'll also get immediate access to my on-demand workshop where I'll teach you our three core Fresh Start family strategies that make up a strong, compassionate, disciplined toolkit, as well as my favorite logical consequences that not only work with kids of all ages, but do wonders to unite you with your child and strengthen your relationship, even in your kid's worst moments. 
So pop on over to Instagram right now and just shoot me a DM with the word shift and I'll send you a personal link to download that bundle right away. Or you can head to freshstartfamilyonline.com forward slash discipline to get access immediately. All right. Thanks for listening. And I'll see you inside that free bundle and also inside the next episode.